This is Archive Atlanta, episode 214, Governor's Mansions. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. I'm cheating just a little bit because I'm doing another mini shorter episode, uh, mostly because I'm recording an interview this weekend that I hope to release next Friday. So it's going to be a longer one. It's kind of shifted the whole schedule. I also had a really busy two weeks, um, job changes and just family stuff and everything happening at the same time. So I didn't want to re-release an episode. I wanted to bring you some fresh content. And we are doing that in the form of an Atlanta adjacent story. And that's the story of the state of Georgia's governor's mansions. Not only did I find this history really fascinating, but I realized that not many people know how many governor's mansions existed, especially the ones in Atlanta and where they were. Before we get to the houses, we have to know that Georgia was founded as a province in 1732. It was first settled in 1733. It became a royal colony in 1752, and it was the last of the 13 colonies to be established in 1776. With that came the first governor, Archibald Bullock, who served for one year. And our state would have 36 governors before erecting the first executive mansion in Milledgeville. Quick aside about state capitals, Georgia's first capital city in 1776 was Savannah, then it was Augusta from 1785 to 95, then it was Louisville, Georgia from 1796 to 1806, and then it was Milledgeville in 1807. So it's the 1830s, Milledgeville has been the state capital for 30 years or so, and in 1835, the Georgia legislator enacted a bill to fund the building of the first official governor's residence in the state. Completed in 1839, it is considered one of the finest examples of high Greek revival architecture in the nation. The design was by Charles Kluski, who was born in Ireland but had moved to Savannah in 1829, and it is considered one of his finest works. From 1839 to 1868, the mansion served as a residence for eight of Georgia's governors and their families. And during the Civil War, the mansion was claimed as a quote-unquote prize by General Sherman in his march to the sea. It was also used as his headquarters, and he apparently spent the night in the dining room in November of 1864. When the capital of the state moved to Atlanta in 1868, which I'll talk about in one second, the executive mansion was abandoned and then given to the Georgia Normal and Industrial College. Today, that's Georgia College. They first used it in 1889 as barracks, and then by 1891, they had it converted to their president's home. And they used this until 1987. But today, this building not only still stands, it is a national historic landmark, and it is open to the public for tours. So back to the Civil War. After it ends, Reconstruction began. I have an entire episode 55 about it. But when Congressional Reconstruction began in 1867, there is a new constitutional convention called by General Pope, and he called it in Atlanta, mostly because of Milledgeville's hostility to black legislators. By June of 1868, there are 16 rail cars loaded with state house furniture and furnishings from that executive mansion headed from Milledgeville to Atlanta. Now, the first Atlanta governor's residence here was unofficial. It was a three-story building on Petrie Street between Ellis and Baker, owned by Charles Larendon. 
1870, an official mansion and all its furnishings was purchased for about $100,000 by the state from John H. James. Now, this was located also on Petrie Street, but um, at the intersection of Kane Street. And today, Kane is Andrew Young International Boulevard. It was a very impressive and ornate Victorian house um, designed by W.H. Perkins, but it also had elements of Italianate, Dutch, Gothic, and Romanesque revival. And it was really considered one of the most magnificent homes in the city. James himself was kind of interesting. I read that he had come to Atlanta as a whiskey salesman and he had moved into the banking sector. So for the next 50 years, 17 Georgia governors called the James Mansion home. And as it aged and it became more run down by the 19-teens, it was being described as dilapidated and dangerous. It was Governor Hugh Dorsey, the 62nd governor, who vacated the mansion in 1921 for his own personal home that he built near the waterworks. The Victorian mansion was demolished just two years later. Then they built the Henry Grady Hotel in its place, and that hotel was demolished in 1972 when they built the Westin in its place. So basically, where the Westin Hotel is today on Peachtree is where that executive mansion was. So between 1921 and 1923, Thomas Hardwick served as governor, and he lived in the Georgian Terrace. Um, Clifford Walker began his term in 1923, and he lived in a state-rented house on Peachtree Street. It was the summer of 1925 when the state received approval from the legislative committee to purchase a mansion for $86,000. So they created a committee, which was very aptly named the Committee to Negotiate for Purchase of a Governor's House. And they did their due diligence and they came back to the General Assembly and they said it should be in Ansley Park because Ansley Park was, quote, one of the most conservative and representative resident sections of Atlanta, end quote. Um, It was full of high-class residents. All of the streets were paved. There were no unsightly apartments. And it was near three streetcar lines and a bus line. Now, Ansley Park certainly is getting its own episode one day, but its developer, Edwin Ansley, had architect A. Tanike Brown design his private residence in 1910. It was an Italian Renaissance revival style made of stone mountain granite. It was up on a high hill in Ansley Park, and he only lived there, I think it's like eight years. Like, he moved out in 1918. I think he was ill. Um, And there were two more owners before the state of Georgia came knocking. In 1927, Governor Hardman and his family moved into the Ansley Park Mansion, and it was a big social to-do. They had, like, open houses, and you could visit, and there's photos of people lining up on the stairs. In the 1930s, Eugene Talmadge and then later Herman Talmadge both kept goats and cows on the property. Governor Arnold lived there during his term in the 1940s, and he was part of the Three Governors controversy, which is a really interesting tidbit in history. All in all, this granite mansion in Ansley Park is home to, I think, 11 or 12 Georgia governors. Now, just like that other one, it started to fall into disrepair. So the state legislator in 1961 acted to fund the construction of a new mansion. And they end up, it takes kind of a long time, which is, there's a longer story on the uh, funding behind all of that. But eventually, they put up the Ansley Park mansion at auction, and David Harris is the sole bidder. So he buys it. Now, the plan was already to demolish it, but before that, he has what he called a fooey party. And so I have to back up and explain this. The last governor to live in the Ansley Park mansion was Lester Maddox. 
Lester Maddox is, among many things, an ardent racist, segregationist, former owner of the Pickwick restaurant where he chased out black customers with a pickaxe. And so apparently one of Maddox's favorite sayings was fooey. And so Harris assembles a group of, it's described in the paper as hippies, socialites, and rock musicians, 400 people strong, to attend this farewell party. Um, apparently they ate things like that were served at the Pickwick, like fried chicken. And he handed out axe handles to his guests so that they could take their swings at the mansion before it was demolished. In some weird form of, I guess, divine retribution, they invited about 30 to 40 black attendees at this party. One of them, Dr. Mayo, who was a Morehouse professor, um, was able to take part in the act swinging the, to demolish the mansion. So after demolition in 1969, they subdivided the lot into four parts, um, built four homes on them that stand today, but they did keep the garage. So there is a uh, Stone Mountain granite garage that was turned into a private residence, and that house still stands today in Ansley Park. And that brings us to the current Georgia governor's mansion that is still in use today. The land along West Pace's Ferry Road was originally part of the Dickey Estate, which, fun fact, the Dickey House is the white one that's across from the governor's mansion, um, and the Dickey's owned, I think, several hundred acres. 75 of those acres are purchased by Robert Maddox in 1903. Robert Maddox has no relation to Lester, thank goodness. Um, Robert was a prominent banker. He was actually mayor of Atlanta from 1909 to 1910. And he built a Tudor-style house in 1912. He ended up calling the house and the land Woodhaven. His wife died in 1955, and he lived there until 1962 when he was 92 years old. There was an agreement he was going to sell to the state. He ends up moving into a home in 62. It takes the state of Georgia two years at least to negotiate the, you know, the public cost, the funding, um, how much is the mansion going to cost, who's going to pay for the mansion. And so they did not purchase it from Maddox. I think it was 1964 officially. Um, Maddox also donated tons of antiques, fine arts, um, some kind of landscaping sculptures to the governor's mansion. Preliminary architectural plans were approved in April of 1963, and they included an exercise room for then-Governor Carl Sanders, who was described as fitness-minded. I laugh, he never got to live there. Um, and that's because it took several more years for them to, again, redesign and reapprove and cut costs. Um, so the final architect is Thomas Bradbury. Um, he did design, I think, many of the iterations, but the final design was a 24,000 square foot Greek revival with 30 Doric columns. It was about 75% complete in summer of 1966, um, and it wasn't really finished until 1967. So on December 1st of that year, this is one of my favorite stories, it's actually Governor Lester Maddox. He moves out of the Ansley Park House, and he moves into the house in Buckhead, and it's not actually ready. So he promises the construction crews that they're just going to stick to the second floor, which is the family wing. That was done. Um, and he thought that if he moved in when he was supposed to, even though it wasn't ready, it would kind of like light a fire under their butts, so to speak. Now, for Christmas of that year, they invited the public to sing Christmas carols and ride bicycles on the lawn. After Lester Maddox, it was home to Jimmy Carter, George Busby, 
Joe Frank Harris, Zell Miller, Roy Barnes, Sonny Perdue, Nathan Deal, and currently Brian Kemp. In 1965, during Busby's term, it was damaged by a tornado, actually became known as the governor's tornado because it happened about a week after he moved in. Um, And there was also a very small fire, I think in the 90s or the 2000s. But it's still standing today. It is open for tours on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Very obscure, kind of mid-afternoon time. Um, But you can visit and explore. So there you have it. The story of Georgia's governor's mansions, the four official the one unofficial, over two different cities. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It helps make it more visible and other people can find it. Um, There's a link in the show notes if you want to support the work. I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.